Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, I'm joined by the great Nick Adams. We talk a lot about the grocery store down the street from my house. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I am Nick Repeat Adams sitting in for Jordan Morris. Nick, you are um you are the first host of this program ever to sit back and relax, not just with a beer. But what appears to be a novelty stein of beer. Well, I think when you put novelty stein in there, you sort of... De- it was really classy. It started out really classy. <laughs> you dismissed my plastic mug as a novelty stein. And I think you brought it down a notch. Well, you haven't. I mean, to be fair, you're enjoying an imported beer. True, true. Uh, well, it's a, it's a beautiful post-Carmageddon day here in sunny California. And I thought, you know, what better... Has Carmageddon Car- wrapped itself up? It's officially over. The When I was driving here, there was a sign on the 110 that said 405 open. Thank you, Los Angeles. For anyone who... Uh, for Only anyone... in L.A. do we get gratification for doing our civic duty. <laughs> here, Excuse here, us. We're trying to make things better. Here, Stay off the roads. Here Thank in you. Los Angeles, uh, uh, the mayor asked uh, Angelinos to make the ultimate sacrifice, which is to not drive on the 405 for two weekend days. Uh, which was immediately nicknamed Carmageddon. Um, I think just because of the very special outlook that uh, that Angelinos have on their lifestyle. I know you have a, a sort of a, a bone to pick with my with our fair city in general, uh, and LA is very easy to make fun of. But I will say, in our defense, the four hundred five freeway. At least uh, when I worked for uh, the television show Guinness World Records, the 405 freeway <laughs> was, at that time, the most heavily traveled stretch of freeway in the world. So it's a kind of a big deal. It's certainly the most unpleasant stretch of freeway that I've ever been on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they closed it, and it seemed like, I mean, you live closer to the west side of Los Angeles than I do. You live in sort of central Los Angeles. Mid-city is what it's uh, technically referred to, yeah. Um. But what I have heard is reports that it was uh, that nothing happened, nothing well, went wrong. Here's my theory: everyone in Los Angeles had heard about Carmageddon for a couple of weeks, and they took it as for as an excuse to just go, "All right, I'm not driving this weekend." Everyone I talked to, everyone I heard, everyone I follow on Twitter was like, "There's no traffic, everything's fine. This was all a big deal." But I think everyone just thought, well, you know what? I'm just not going to drive. That's an excuse for me to not drive, period. I think everyone everyone kind of threw in the towel, which is interesting to me because I feel like that has been my reaction to Los Angeles is to just throw in the towel. I think for two years, I thought that I could accomplish things, do more than one thing in a day, go places, do things. <laughs> and then I realized, no, the secret of of living even moderately happily in Los Angeles is to just scale your ambitions way back and maybe you can do a thing. You know when people come here and they say, oh, everyone in LA is really laid back and the West Coast vibe is different? They've just given up. We've given up on doing stuff. <laughs> you can't get stuff done, so you just stop trying. 
<laughs> that's the West Coast vibe. That's all you have left. That's all you have left. I um uh I I should mention uh Jordan Morris out of town this weekend. Of course, one of our all time favorite uh Jordan Jesse Go guests, Nick Repeat Adams. So am I still the only guest with a nickname? Um, well, guess we've been asking guests to make up their own nicknames, right. but they've been doing a bad job. Good. I'm not going to lie to you. Good. They've they've really done a shit job for the most part. I mean, there's been the occasional, you know, flicker of hope. Certainly when Kurt Anderson from Studio 360 nicknamed himself Explodo. Uh, that was a really... That's pretty good, that was, Kurt. I mean, especially for good. for a public radio host. That's pretty you good. Gotta, you got to hand it to him. Um, but you did you actually go to the store, Nick, to buy... Because that looks like a cold beer. That doesn't look like a beer that you brought from home. I was exploring uh, your area, and I went by the, uh, the what's it called? The Supreme? The Superior. The Superior. I went by the Superior, and I thought I would refresh myself. The volume, the sheer volume of giant uh, Mexican grocery stores, Mexican supermarkets, like mm-hmm. real supermarkets yeah, yeah. Uh, in this neighborhood is overwhelming, but you have to go so far to buy anything other than tortillas. I have to say... Uh, you have to. If you live in a big city, you understand that you have to account for the demographic when you go to the grocery store. Let's just say that. Sure. Um, which is fine. If you go to Koreatown, the grocery store should be different. If you get, sure, you can buy some weird produce. You can buy hey, anytime I need chorizo, yeah. I can go get it. You it's can easy. Go directly to the source. That's fine and good, and it should be that way. I think the Superior is an excellent uh, establishment there. Do you really? I what really leads do. you? What leads you to that opinion, Nick? Uh, if you are into sodas, uh huh, cheaply. Uh-huh. Uh, they really, really have you covered. <laughs> That's funny because yesterday I was at the Superior uh, and I was in line and this guy rolled up behind me uh, in line and he just put six of those three liter bottles of soda. You know, like how generic sodas sometimes they'll have like a one that says sure. 99 cents really big on sure. it. It's 50% bigger than yes. a two liter bottle of Coke. <laughs> He put just six of those on, and that's just what he was buying. He just went to the store. I got to real quick. I got to go grab eighteen liters of soda. If you could get just direct injections of diabetes, <laughs> what would that cost? <laughs> if you could just get eliminate the middleman, the cavities, the high blood pressure, whatever else uh, a given, awful diet can cause. When I walk down Figaro Boulevard, which is uh, uh, the, the big street right by my home here in, in Mount Washington slash Highland Park. Highland uh, Washington, Mount, Mount Park. Uh, I, I, one of the things that I've been noticing lately is just the enormous proportion of people who are as wide as they are tall. This country is so incredibly fat. And I'm not a health nut, you know, an exercise guru by any stretch of the imagination, but America is so incredibly, disgustingly fat. It's hard not to think about it all day, every day. If you leave your house, <laughs> you are going to see someone who is freakishly obese. They're just sticking it up and they're getting all up in your, in your face. I mean, it, but you, it's shocking. It's sho- I don't know how you can get that fat. But you, well, Flamin' Hot Cheetos is the local version. <laughs> and three liters of soda. <laughs> yeah, around here, it's specifically those two things that lead people to become fat. I mean, there are other ways in other parts of the country. Yeah, yeah. You know, certainly chicharrones are part of it. I'm not going to say that's not part of it. The bacon hot dog doesn't help. <laughs> they sell that in the store. Yesterday, Where? Yesterday, I had a barbecue here at the house at the Superior. Yesterday, I had a barbecue here at the house, and we had a vegetarian coming over, and I don't really know how to cook any vegetarian food, Um, and I didn't know... People were bringing, like, side dishes and stuff, but I didn't want to, like, consign that vegetarian to uh, macaroni salad and salad salad. 
because I knew that's all I knew they would have. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I better have some tofu dogs on hand in case they want something, you know, a little bit more barbecue-y. And I went to every grocery store in my neighborhood looking for tofu dogs. And I should have known going in that right. they weren't going to have them. But my brother actually went to ask someone, do you have any tofu dogs? And they laughed at him. They laughed at him. The first person admittedly laughed at him because they didn't really speak English. And they thought it was funny that he was saying tofu dog because it just sounded funny to right, them. Right. But the second person, the manager... Uh, actually had stronger English skills. I wouldn't say strong English skills, but stronger, and laughed at him yet again at the notion that they would have that. But in that section where we were looking for tofu dogs, which was a huge... Don't get me wrong. The hot dog and sausage section of this grocery store is monstrous. There are many, many, many choices. Um, But one of them is a prepackaged bacon-wrapped hot dog. That you you that way you don't have to wrap the hot dog and bacon yourself. It's just slippery, and you know you don't yep. have to buy a whole pack of bacon, and then you got to ease all those. But you had out. you had a positive experience at the Superior, Nick. You not only bought yourself a nice Japanese beer, you also purchased for yourself that plastic beer mug. Why not? If you'd have told me, I have this promotional beer mug. Uh, that's sitting downstairs that we got from the IFC show Mustache Wars. I don't know exactly what the connection between Steins and Mustache Wars is, but um, we we got it, and uh, Julia handed it to me, and she said, do you want this? Do you have to give any presents to people you don't like? I could have given it to you. So does she hate beer drinkers? Steins, that particular show. Why, that's a great. What gift. are you going to do with a with a promotional beer Stein? Is it a real Stein? For a is it comedy? It is. It's glass. I would suggest you drink beer out of it from now until your wife drops it, <laughs> trying to put it into the dishwasher. I mean, it's a Stein. Who doesn't want a Stein? Every time I drink beer, then I'm going to be advertising Mustache Wars on IFC. Bam! Conversation starter. Why are you fighting it, Jesse? Like, why why, why do you have that mug for that show that you're definitely not going to watch? Hey, Jesse Thorne, showbiz hipster. Where'd you get <laughs> that free uh, Hollywood swag? That's all it is. Uh, that's all it is. That's how Jordan gets all his underpants. Enjoy it. Enjoy it, man. But Your you, job is only as good as the amount of free stuff you can get. But did you did you feel like you had a secure, like a like a positive overall experience at... Because I kind of like the Mexican grocery store, to be frank with you. I, I, I really enjoy it. And what, to to top it all off, the ease with which they check you out if you have an alcoholic beverage is excellent. <laughs> I know that I'm not an old looking guy, but I I think I look you know 21, 31. You know, yeah. look, okay. So and you know, I buy the beer and they don't card me, which is fine. I don't you know I always expect to be carded. But the woman asked me what my birth date was. Oh, and that was it. That was their security. Like she if you're not smart you. enough to do quick. 21, you know, minus 2,000, then you don't get to buy this beer. That's their security system. She didn't ask you uh, what your sign was. That's what the bouncer would usually ask at a 21 and over show. They'd like, look, they'd take your card and they'd be like, okay, what's your sign? Yeah, yeah. Or something like that. No, she didn't even see my ID. So she just, you know, pure honor system at the the Superior. The other day I was making, I'm going to say a meatloaf, uh, something like that. And it it called for ground veal. Um, as part of the mix, as part of the classic meatloaf mix is part pork, part veal, part beef. Um, and I called for ground, ground veal. So I went to the grocery store and I thought they do have a lot of different meats there. They might have some ground veal there. 
And you know, this is a this is a meat counter where you can purchase your, um, you know, your your secondary and tertiary meat groups. Right, right. You know, feet, hats. You know, this is ears the, the local at the Superior. Yeah, they, I'm sure they got you covered. Yeah, they they have everything. That's what I figured. Like you see, once you see the 17 different marinades of flat meat they have, and you know, like I'm a big I'm a flat meat enthusiast, so I'm into this whole selection that yeah. they have, especially compared to say a Trader Joe's where you only get three choices. Right, right. So I felt confident that I would be able to get my meatloaf mix at the Superior. And I went there, and I didn't see any veal at all because I could grind it myself if I needed to. But I asked the um, I asked the butcher. I said, "Hey, do you have any um, do you have any veal?" And he looked at me and he said, "What's that?" And I said, "Oh, it's it's like a it's like a cow that they sort of." Don't let move around. You very slowly start to realize how disgusting of a human being you are for eating veal. It's a baby cow, <laughs> and they can find its movements and fatten it up really quickly, and then we eat it. And and he goes, oh, no, man. That's cruel. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Because you're a butcher. You are a butcher. You have chosen as your career the killing and eating of animals. And anyone who's ever seen any footage, uh, footage of an industrial farm in this country knows that there's nothing more cruel than... The, have you, you know, you drive the five from San Francisco it's to LA horrible. and you pass Couchwich. That whole thing's disgusting. Like, the it's whole cruel. cruel. It's a cruel odor. Just, yeah. just the odor is enough to call it cruel. Yeah, it's disgusting. And th- but what was amazing was it was one thing when the guy was telling me he didn't know what veal was. I thought, well, maybe he knows... The word for veal, his, his English was very good, but he might, still might have been English as a second language. Right. And maybe he knows the word for veal in Spanish and he learned to butcher in Spanish. And, you know, like I, I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, hey, this guy isn't some crazy butcher that doesn't know what veal is. Mm-hmm. One of the primary meats in uh, the world. Um, and uh, then, uh, then he laid that on me. He laid, oh, man. That's cruel. Here's a question. Is it possible that he doesn't know that there's a that that's just a English equivalent to a word that he already knows? <laughs> but also doesn't know oh what that is. Oh. Like the process because I'm sure there's a lot of adults in America who would go veal 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 but then if you asked them what veal was they would go I'm not sure just like pate or far Like if or somebody like if somebody went up to the like if somebody had a recipe Somebody had a recipe that they got in an ethnic cookbook and they went to their local Vons or Safeway or uh, Piggly Wiggly and they asked for Berea and, uh, and, they were, and then they, they, got, they didn't know they were asking for goat. Right. They don't know what it actually is. Yeah, they couldn't, you know. And, and I, I just, I still believe that there's a lot of people who know these terms but don't know what the process is of creating that or don't know how that animal is They treated. don't want to get involved. They don't want to get involved. Maybe they just haven't, you know. Found out, you know, especially growing up, like growing up where I grew up, there wasn't a lot of anything outside the norm. You where, know? Where, where did you grow up? North Carolina? Eden, is that North right? Carolina. Yeah. I describe it as Dillon, North Carolina. Oh, like sure. Friday Night Lights enthusiast. That's what my town was like. Um, so, you know, there was no foie gras. There was no sushi. There was no pate. But there were some really good role models when it comes to having a healthy marriage. Yes. Yes. Eric and Mrs. Taylor. Yeah, sure. It's over, Jesse. It's over. The whole show is over? Yeah, it's over. Friday night was the big finale. I heard the guy's gonna the guy might uh make a movie about it. 
I would watch a Friday Night Lights movie. I watched a couple se- I watched a, I, I watched a season of Friday Night Lights, and then there were some things I liked about it. But there were some things in season two I want to say, and I just got off board. If you, I mean, I don't it watch a, a lot little, of. It's, it started crazy shit. I can't. I have a trouble. I have a hard time watching dramatic television. I think because I I get annoyed and upset when crazy shit starts to happen for no reason. Yeah. And because of this nature of American television that you have to make 25 hours Bingo. a year, just all of a sudden you run out of normal shit that can happen and just crazy shit starts happening. And you very quickly realize when you're talking out a story, like someone said this to this character, what should they say? Well, the, the only logical response is X, Y, and Z. And then the, the episode's over. Like, that's it. That's <laughs> the end of, so very quickly someone has to do or say, that's why there's not one single horror movie ever produced where a character doesn't do something incredibly, don't go in there, don't leave, <laughs> don't split up, don't separate, don't go investigate. Don't don't do any of that. Someone has to do something stupid for the fucking story to continue. And you know this as a, we should explain, you're a professional television writer. Yes. Although you don't write a lot of horror films. No. Well, you know, I have a lot of free time, though, in the room. You never, <laughs> never know what ideas I'm working on. In the, you're sitting in the back. They're, they're, hashing out jo- they're hashing out jokes for Zoe Deschanel, and you're just, you're just scribbling uh, longhand on a legal pad your ideas for horror movies. I am, what I am known for in the room is everyone, like not everybody, but most people doodle, and I do, like, household financial calculations. <laughs> As I'm, that's you're, my doodling. You're, 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 you've got, you've got a sort of longhand mint.com. I do. Screw mint.com. Screw fool. I got it all figured out. You got, you got a top to bottom. You've got, what are you, what are you looking at for, for an eating out budget? For an eating out? Uh, we, I don't do uh, hardcore strict budgeting per uh-huh. se. I know how much we spend. You well, know, you got to work, you got to, you got to know how much you're sending to your Roth and your yeah. SEP. What about your SEP? I, I know how much we spend, but I don't itemize how much we spend. And what do you what do you send into your SEP though? What about your Roth? You got me. I I don't I'm not at the Roth level of of investing yet. Uh and I don't know what SEP is. Well, once once this Jordan Jesse go uh with guest host Nick Adams thing takes off, you're not going to have to worry about it. You're going to be you're going to be fucking rolling in it. Yeah. People are going to be hanging coming up to you and handing you $20 bills. What are you doing some day trading on that monitor over there right now? Absolutely. Well, on this monitor, on this monitor I'm trading hog futures. <laughs> We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Cow. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Nick Repeat Adams. Oh, Nick, it's a pleasure to have you here. It's Thank good you for to be coming here. on the program. Thanks for having me on the program. I love talking. I love uh <laughs> sitting. So well, win-win. good. We've got those in spades. Win-win. Uh, um, uh, my little brother is in the room, by the way. He yeah. came. He came to visit me uh, this weekend. First time he's uh, first time he's come to the, visit me in this house here in Los Angeles. This is the resemblance is uncanny. First of all, yeah, especially like, he's my half brother too. So take wow. that into consideration. Which it's pretty Bob, serious. That half has some powerful mojo working. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it overcame. The woman, like I don't yeah. care about you. I don't need you yeah. in this. No, mix. moms are the moms are out. They're out of it. Moms are out. Thorns are in. I'm putting my stamp on this one too. Yeah. What's amazing is we do have a youngest brother uh, who's a teenager in high school, and he uh, he looks like his mother. He doesn't. If I stood next to him, you would not say those two guys are brothers. Yeah. I mean, if I told you we were brothers, you would be like, eh, okay, I can, I can see, see it, it. it. But 
You you wouldn't you wouldn't anticipate that. You don't see the thorn stamp. John John, uh, my brother here has just um, uh, he's just started his first real real job, um, which is amazing. I mean he's uh, he's uh, he's about twenty one years old, twenty two. Recently turned twenty two years old. Uh, graduated from college. He's got a he had he had like a an admin job like a sort of office assistant right, type right. job. But he just got kicked up to like a job where he's actually something. Um, and I'm very proud of him. He makes he makes more money than Teresa or I had, had made through age 29. <laughs> so he's not in the entertainment industry at no, all? No, not at all, no. He works... He, he, he's, been, he's been going around offering to hook people up with free MRI scans all weekend. <laughs> That's a good. That's a good uh, card to have in your back pocket. It's a nice hustle. MRI. That's a nice hustle. I mean, I think hustle. you should you should start a black mar- He should start a black market MRI business. Yeah, because you just need to get the machine right. Anybody can work that fucking machine. You yeah, just you just press the it. scan button. Right. As far as I know, yeah, you could do that. You could pull that off. I don't have a sophisticated understanding of it. I'm not an MRI technician, but from what I understand, you just press the use magnets to take a picture of the brain button. I'm going to go out on a limb and say you could figure it out. My I'm, my brother John here, he is a natural born hustler as well. He's of course because all true hustlers recognize that the MRI game yeah. is about to blow up. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, <laughs> no doubt, Nick. Uh, John's John's hustles, John's primary hustles that he's described to us this weekend are number one, arguing about the price of a T-shirt at the T-shirt store. Which is if you go to the right kind of teach right slash wrong kind of t-shirt. <laughs> You're talking store. about the three for twelve dollar like on Santa Monica Boulevard. Type I'm t- I'm talking about the kind of t-shirt store. Well, I've noticed. I mean, this is the third day that John has woken up in my, or the third day that I've seen John here in my home, and it is the third day that he has had worn a t-shirt with uh, uh, essentially some some uh, some graphic meme. With the words in it replaced with something based on Bay Area, um, and as a as a avid internet shopper and browser, I can attest that there are a lot of those T-shirts. Yeah, and John's and John's are all Bay Area based, and you don't buy those on the internet. You buy those at the store where you have to yell at the guy uh, to get him to reduce the price. Maybe some Koreans are involved. Yeah, this could be Koreans. Not even and... a stereotype, just a little California fact. Yeah. You can't make cheap t-shirts without involving Koreans. Don't write in. Yeah, well, I mean, true. San Francisco, you might be looking at Filipinos, uh, okay, more likely, but you know, you have your various ethnicities that are likely to run a t-shirt store where, sure. uh, many of the t-shirts feature graphic prints, including dollar signs. But I'm, but there are so many like excellent, like, I've seen a lot of T-shirts. Like, the whole Upper Playground thing. Sure. I see a T-shirt, I'm like, wow, that's great. But it's shouting out, it's shouting out San Francisco, and that's not, not hate. I love San Francisco, but I'm not going to wear that T-shirt because I'm from L.A. You know, yep. That's just how I do. You know? Yeah, we'd have to beat you into a coma outside right. of our ballpark. Oh, wait, no, the other way around. Oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, I, I somehow reversed threatened myself. <laughs> But that's okay. So that's John's one hustle that he's that he's really excited to tell everybody about, and God bless him for it. Because uh, honestly, uh, certainly, like, does did I buy a T-shirt for my beautiful wife Teresa that says "Hyphy Wifey" on it? Yes, I did. That's pretty. I, hot. That's pretty hot. I am not against. Uh, I am not against a yay area theme. Right. T-shirt. Nor did, should you be. Do do did I own a T-shirt uh, from Upper Playground with a giant print printout of a Bart ticket on it, a subway ticket on you it? You like yes. a Bart? T- 
ticket. I did. Uh, I'm not against a bar ticket T-shirt. Like I'm not against any of these things. Um, but this other hustle is probably the most delightful. Now, I will begin by saying that I want to make it clear that John now earns, uh, you know, a basic middle class wage. Um, wow, he, that's early. He earns to get there. He earns a reasonable. I mean, I don't think John, John certainly couldn't support a family. Uh, but he he could, if he wanted to, even in San Francisco, have his own junior one bedroom. You know what I mean? Good. Like he's he's fine. He's he's making enough money to take care of business. You know, put a little bit away, uh, buy a car if he wants to. That kind of thing. As a, can I give him some sage advice? Yeah, of course. Because I'm significantly older than he. And is. And you're and great at financial planning. We learned earlier. Obviously, I have a legal pad, guys. Um, I'm a little bit older than you. A fair amount older than yep. you. I don't give a lot of advice, but. As a 38-year-old, if I could speak to a 22-year-old and tell him one thing, someone in your position who has a good job, who's about to start doing things, find a woman that's making the same amount of money you are. <laughs> you double everything. Like, everything doubles. The apartment gets twice as good. Your travel gets twice as good. Find a, a good gal. So here's the hustle that my brother John is, is running. And he... He broke this whole thing down for us. It was seriously, it was, it was like um, an expository scene in The Wire, him breaking down. It was like Lester Freeman was explaining to a white cop uh, how the hood works. We're building something here, detective, and all the pieces matter. So this is what, this is what John's hustle is. He made friends... When he got this job, and he's been working at this, he's been working at this office for uh, about a year, and it's at a, um, uh, it's at a, a, a the research, the medical research part portion of a university that also has a hospital and so forth. So he's working there, and he's been working there consistently for a year ish, and um, uh, he worked a, a little bit on and off when he was uh, high school aged there as well as like a ten hour, fifteen hour a week admin. And so he he came in just boiling over with excitement to tell me and Teresa about this above anything else. Not we have family that we haven't seen in months that he sees all the time. He could have been telling us about so many things he could have been telling us about. But this is what was key to him to tell us about. And it's great. He as soon as he got this job full time, he made a point to make friends with all of the office managers all of the admin people who are in charge of they have a spe- John what's the special name coordinators. coordinators okay so he makes makes friends with all the office managers aka coordinators all the people who are in charge of groups of people right then he convinces them to let him have any food that's left over at the end of a meeting <laughs> So they have these catered meetings, like at many offices, you know, you have a lunch meeting, it's catered. And at two o'clock when the meeting ends, or three o'clock sometimes when the meeting ends, he gets all the food left over from the meeting that they would have been throwing away. John swoops in and takes it. And now John's trump card here is that he'll take all of it. So it's not a situation where they have to call 10 different people because they have 10 sandwiches. They just call we John. We win by dealing in volume. That's exactly. What we, do. we deal in volume. That's how we pass the savings on to you. They call my brother John, and they get they they they're one stop shop. They know it's just it's just as easy to give ten sandwiches to John as it is to put ten sandwiches into the garbage right. can. Right. So John comes and gets ten sandwiches. Now, 
Here's the thing. It would be one level of sophistication if John just ate one of the sandwiches and threw nine of them away. Right. But that's not how this works. The thing that bring, kicks this up kicks this up to like racketeering. <laughs> the thing that k- kicks this up to like to, to FBI investigation is John. Then he eats one of the sandwiches, which he's waited until three p.m. to eat lunch, so that, in the hopes that he's okay. going to get a free sandwich. Takes a lot of planning. He's so he but... eats one of these sandwiches, and then he has nine sandwiches. He then distributes these sandwiches to the other coordinators, the other office managers who didn't have a meeting that day (laughs) so that he knows that the next time they do have a meeting, he'll be the guy that they call because he's the guy who brings them free sandwiches. Which is, he takes nine sandwiches to guarantee that he will get one sandwich the next time. It's a, look, the logistics is where he makes the money. He's like UPS. So you're getting a free sandwich, what would you say, once a week? He, this man is eating for free. That's the thing. John Four is John's come over here to this microphone so you can talk on the microphone just for a second. John, tell Nick Adams how many sandwiches you're getting for free a week. So Nick, I probably got on average about a hundred, hundred and twenty five free sandwiches. <laughs> A week. It's not all sandwiches, obviously, sometimes more high level meetings. He could seriously he could be making he he could be making fifty grand a year just from reselling sandwiches. But what Jesse hasn't mentioned is I've also made friends with all the janitors and <laughs> all the people that make the food in the in house cafe. So I eat free lunch from the in-house cafe. They just give me a free sandwich there. This is what he does with his this, this boy, this young man. Has a prodigious mind. But this is where he went wrong. He went to normal elementary school. And then our anarchist stepmother, my stepmother, his mother. He went to evil genius high school? Decided he, no, decided he shouldn't go to high school. Shouldn't go to middle school or high school. And so he, he had all, he had six years or had seven years from sixth grade to 12th grade to just come up with schemes like this. Wait, so you didn't go to school at all? Well, I went to City College. He, he eventually took his high school proficiency exam and started taking uh, started taking classes at the City College. Wait, wait. Is your life this interesting that you can ignore the most obviously interesting story in the room? The fact that your little brother didn't go to high school? I think I think we've talked about the, the madness that this caused in the younger members of my family. Yeah. I passed out of high school uh, two weeks after my 13th birthday. Yeah, he took his California... See, to be fair, the high school proficiency exam in California essentially <laughs> it's is... A joke. It's like a literacy <laughs> test. Yeah. Like, it would, it would also... Uh, it, it would also... Could also be used, like, as a... Uh, as, like, a racist poll, poll gateway mm-hmm. to, keep, uh, to keep the illiterate from voting. Like, it essentially just says, like, C-A-T, what animal is that? So, so the average sort of bright 13-year-old... Could yeah, get like a, absolutely. Okay. Could buy yeah, a, a, a bright thirteen-year-old with uh, you know somebody that can read and write and do arithmetic mm-hmm. uh, functionally. But uh, that's great if you're. I mean, I think we, that's that sounds like the the best. So, but that's the thing. Mm. But here's unless the thing. you go to a great high school, unless you live in a great school but district is, or something. But Nick, was the mo- let me ask you this question: Was the most important part about you going to high school uh, the things that you learned in your classes in high school? No. Yeah, okay. So there you go. So there's the weakness in this plan. Because what you end up with is all this free time. And what do you do in the free time? You come up with sandwich plans. No, but I'm saying, like, the execution maybe left something to be desired. But Mm. the idea 
the idea notion. was to build a sandwich mogul. No, no, I'm saying so a, for, a, for a teenager to liberate them from the high school grind, unless you go to like the fame school or something like that. Which I did. Know, I did go then, to the fame then, school. Then absolutely. I mean, I went to sort of a classic, basic American high school. If you've seen Friday Night Lights, you've seen the high school that I went to, it's that. And if there had been some alternative, like where there was actual structure and there was like a plan involved... Removing myself from that, you're, and, wait. But you just said you just made the classic mistake. You said where there's where there's a plan. But that's involved. what I'm saying. That's that was my point. My point was the idea. I think is sound. The execution left something to be desired. I don't. Maybe it sounds like it. it well, it, here's here's what it definitely. He is also gamefully employed, and you know, I mean, it, it's not like he's the definite result of this. The the clear positive is that he's definitely an excellent luncheon hustler. Um, he is running, he has got every angle covered. Like, he is essentially, like, if you think, he is this. Puffy started out as an intern. I'm just going to throw the, that out there. He is the, Puffy started out as an bad intern. Bad boys. John is the stringer bell just, of I'm sandwiches. Just saying, I'm just saying, you got to start somewhere, you know. John is. <laughs> He's playing the long game. He's not dropping bodies. <laughs> This is true. I definitely took some economics yeah. classes, but there's, it's only later for that gangster bullshit. Yeah. It's only so long that you can play that game, though, because of the mayonnaise issue. The mayo could go bad, so it's a really it's like a twelve hour game. See, I thought playing. you were going to say then he takes them all and gives them to the homeless. Or something no, like that. no, he redistributes what? them to reinforce his network. You could give out free sandwiches to homeless people in exchange for them doing stuff for you, and then you could have your whole like a whole homeless army. I like, do have a contact in Food Runners for the extras. <laughs> food run? What is what is that? What's Food Runners? Oh, they come pick it up and bring it to homeless people. Oh, okay. Oh, that's pretty nice. Yeah, I'm yeah, pretty, I mean, I'm pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> got to hustle, Jesse. He's got to hustle, man. He's making the world a better place, one sandwich at a time. He's finding the angles. I, I'd like to see. I, I, what I imagined when I heard it is, John doesn't have doesn't really have a home at the moment, <laughs> but um, I when he does get a home, I imagine him having a secret cave underneath that home. And if I go into that secret cave, there's like a huge wall sized whiteboard with just a complicated drawing with like with Polaroids, you know, taped to it, and pictures of sandwiches drawn in between, <laughs> and like vegetarian written underneath some of the Polaroids. The first person to design like an app or a, a piece of software that emulates that big board from the wire like in your <laughs> daily life finances calendar you know my mother-in-law's coming to visit but i'm supposed to hang out with my friend on this night and also includes phone taps it should also include phone taps the amount of planning that i put into getting my pot out of the house because my in-laws are in town could have taken up that application now, it would have been the perfect app on my android phone that app by the way what i was gonna do that app by the way the thing that i think is hamstrung its success is that it can only be it can only be used on disposable telephones purchased at the convenience <laughs> burners <store>. yes <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on jordan jesse go it's jordan jesse go i'm jesse thorne america's radio sweetheart I'm your guest co-host Nick Repeat Adams. Nick, did you see this? You had your you had your beer stein on top of a very important document. <laughs> My novelty beer stein. You're welcome to that beer stein, by the way. You I'll, should take it home with you. Thank you. I thank you. I was thinking about how fun it would be to throw it out a window, like a high window. I thought somebody might get hurt. I think you're just overall devaluing the 
the benefits of a good stein. Do you think I might still be upset? <laughs> Do you think it's possible I might still <laughs> I be upset that they canceled my television program? IFC, go. That's possible. It's a good network. Um, Film yourself. The important document that... Y- I don't know why I received this catalog. This, this catalog that your beer was on top of, I've been getting more catalogs lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I have never bought something from a catalog in my Ever? entire life. Never in my entire life. <laughs> Um, I've bought things online, right? Uh, that, that's there's and a, that's and you start getting catalogs because right, of right, that, right? Right. And I do have a few magazine subscriptions, and that'll get you catalogs. Yeah, yeah. But usually, when I get a catalog, I'll get like the Brooks Brothers catalog. I get the Ben Silver catalog, which is like Southeastern Brooks Brothers. I get you know, it's sort of like it's it's like that. I get the J L Powell catalog. That's like Adventure now Brooks you're Brothers. Just bragging. You're just you know, bragging like about these are well dressed you are. These are catalogs. This started out in earnest, in earnest uh, frustration, and now you're just bragging. Just. These are <laughs> these are catalogs that are reasonably associated with things that I might buy from sure. a catalog. If you even know though, Jesse Thorne, you could think, hey, he might. Even though I would, I've never bought anything from a catalog. I've never like looked in a catalog, seen something I wanted, called up the thing, and asked for but it. But then you go to the website. No, I don't think I've ever done that either. Really? Yeah. But I mean, I get the J. Crew catalog. I just throw them away. I don't, I don't have no interest in catalogs. But this catalog is magical. In fact, it is literally magical. It's pretty sweet. It's called, it just showed up in my mailbox. It's called the Pyramid Collection, um, which honestly sounds more like a cult than anything else. It sounds like a, it's maybe a series of collectible plates for a cult. Maybe a romance novel? Myth. Magic, fantasy, and romance is the subtitle of it. Uh, and magic, by the way, is spelled with a K at the end. This is a, a women's clothing <laughs> catalog. Also, oh, people might not understand what you're If you think this is just a women's clothing catalog, Nick, you so have got a, you've got a course correction in, ahead of you. Yes. Do they offer women's clothing? Yes, of course they do. Sure, sure. Are goddess sizes no extra cost? <laughs> And that's more material that they have to use. So they could charge you more. But they don't do that. When, when did obesity... Oh, look, I don't, I don't really... I don't have any beef with oh, the obese. It's no problem. No sweat off my back. No pun intended. Uh, however, if the obese, uh, and specifically the female obese, are going to claim as their category <laughs> goddess, if you think that... That that gaining weight is your ticket to to deification, <laughs> to literal deification. It also demonstrates a terrifying lack of like Greek and Roman mythology. Like all the images we have of, of goddesses, I don't think there's a lot of Rubenesque goddesses. Now Athena most right? most of the things in this catalog Number one, they're pretty much uh, they're pretty much arranged. If you're wondering how you would sort of arrange things in a catalog like this, it's by color. So you have purple, aqua, lilac, dark aqua, dark purple, uh, rose. This one is rose. Um, it is a truly majestic catalog. It's like Garanimals for old women. It's it's like Garanimals for casual Friday at the Renaissance Fair. Can I, is can that I, a thing? Is there a is there a day on the Renaissance Fair when they're like? How long is the Renaissance Fair? You have been doing his, oh, historically wow. correct Renaissancey clothes. It's a hassle. I don't today. Just put on something that seems embarrassing to wear in public. 
but isn't historically accurate. I really underestimated the pyramid collection. Like my wife and I have a term to describe this sort of clothing. It's yeah. based on someone that we worked with years ago. We just call it spin red. It's sort of like Chico's. That sort of everything's very flowy and like a lot of elastic. But this is so much more than that. There's like a an angel wing back t-shirt that's kind of Ed Hardy. That's for but that t-shirt is for people who believe in angels. That's the like that's actual the angel. Like Ed Hardy <laughs> is for people who think angels are cool. That's for people who want to talk to angels. And the name of the t-shirt is it's it's letter K and it says you deserve them. <laughs> You deserve angels. You deserve angel wings. After all, you're a goddess. There's also there's also opposite from the you deserve them t-shirt. There's the American Beauties, which is a very small clutch purse that's made to look like a bouquet of roses. I mean, give me okay, give it back to me because I have to t- I have to show you something really special in this catalog. So it's basically just you're. I was flipping through this catalog because it is amazing. It's pretty hilarious. And you know you're looking at the costume jewelry. Here's. Here's uh, here for example is a pair of sunglasses that are purple in the shape of butterfly wow. wings. Wow! You could do some really great ironic shopping from this catalog. Um, their spectacle are is the purple oh, butterfly sunglasses wow. headline. Here's one. Here's one for like a uh, a purple glass necklace pendant. Oh, genuine quartz crystal. Excuse me. <laughs> crystal balls. Yes. And who knows how many small insights you may scry from the genuine quartz crystal spheres Renaissance-styled pendant? Um, Question mark. Scry. <laughs> Hold on. Do some serious scrying. So I thought they went deep into the the thesaurus. Like the people who are listening to this program right now. Oh my God! This decorative dragon incense burner is really something. Holy moly, the, the incense comes out of its dragon nose. Um, I kind of want to sign up for this catalog. Uh, you just want to turn that into a bong. Um, so I thought I had this catalog's number. Okay, I thought... You thought you had them pegged. I'm like, you know, I get it. Chakra jewelry. Sounds I get right. it. Sort of faux peasant blouses. Sure, a lot of that. Um, I, I get it. You know, dress that's made to look like a scarf. I'm going to guess there's lots of capri pants in there. Pedal pushers, if you will. There's a lot of, there's a lot of different stuff. And that's when I got to the, that's when I got to the, the theme lingerie section of this. Oh, it just got a little dark. Um, midnight Magic. Beads, sequins, embroidery, a dress to delight the senses. This sensual, seductive design falls from p- spaghetti straps to a rippling ball-fringed hem, lined 100% polyester. <laughs> can I... Can I, see? Wait, I... Okay, so, but I... I can't even imagine what that looks like from that description. I need to get further. Okay, so sure, yes. Uh, black glass necklace pendant that's shaped like a dagger? Certainly. A okay. uh, cotton jersey dress with, with an Ugh. airbrushed face of a cat That's that takes up the whole front. As someone who is a cat aficionado and my wife has a very many cat garments, that's the creepiest fucking thing I've ever seen. The headline, the headline, Nick, is cool cat. No, not cool. Not cool cat. <laughs> Every witch. W in witch is capitalized, by the way. I don't know why that is a proper noun. but Every witch has her familiar... Peering from the shadows, this wide-eyed feline looks out from the front of this midnight black tank dress. 
100% cotton, machine washable. So it's sort of a Wiccan, maybe, undercurrent in there. Okay. So okay. I feel like, I mean, you know, I'm, some things are making me a little bit uncomfortable. Some of it is and kind of maybe got, turning you on a little bit. And then I got bit. to this. The dildo section. Oh, they just took it up a notch. Oh, the, this catalog has an entire dildo section. Jesse, do you think the woman who's buying these clothes is having sex on a regular basis? Is that what you're telling me? Well, I don't... Well, these these are not... I don't think that many of these... These uh, ladies... Well, I don't know. I've I've heard things about Renaissance fairs. I don't know if you've heard of a little event called a secret sex party, Nick. I don't know what that is. <laughs> this, is uh, this is something where uh, people go to these things and then they, they break out their uh, pyramid collection catalogs and go to town. Listen, this is, this is, you're just being co-opted by our puritanical outlook on life. This, this is totally healthy to have a, a singing bowl and uh, magic in a bottle. And- what is the singing bowl in there for, by the way? That's the kind of that's like the kind of ringing bowl that you like rub the rim and it makes a sound. Maybe that that's supposed to get. What is that? What is the fucking part of that? Why is it in the fucking section? <laughs> I don't know, Jesse. Maybe you and Teresa should purchase a singing bowl. What's and up with find the out? What's up with the super super Kegel organ uh, exerciser? You Did gotta you look tighten at that, it up. Nick? Like if you don't use it, you'll lose it. That's what that, it's about. You know what that is? <laughs> that is a vaginal thigh master. You know what? Look at the picture of uh, the super Kegel exerciser. It is a vaginal thigh master. Here's here's where I am sexually, gang. The singing bowl, whatever. That's a little freaky, sure. weird. Super Kegel, okay. You do Kegel exercises. That's a real thing. This is even better. Whatever. Or it's some sort of just exercise, you know, scam. Whatever. That's fine. Here's where they lost me. On the other page, on page forty-seven, uh, P pedal power, and it's just a vibrator, but it's got like floral print. Just make a vibrator. Don't put flowers on it and try to like. Pretty it up. Just be a grown woman who masturbates and it use does. a vibrator. It's a totally standard issue vibrator. Right. It's not huge. But it doesn't it, have veins. It has a print on it that looks like a, a great-grandmother's sofa. It's ridiculous. It is p- literally pink and purple flowers. But not. I figured it would be like... Um, a bumper sticker on a Volkswagen New Beetle styled when you said that? Right. No, this is upholstery. Like just this one This is an daisy. upholstery illustration. No, it's awful. It's awful. Just masturbate. Don't make it a goof. It is. This is. I feel like I am in an amazing secret world that features. I mean, it's oh, completely overwhelming to me. You could build a Christopher Guest mockumentary around the producing the production of that catalog like a comp that company could be the uh be so hilarious this is this is the the dildo section by the way is called the richter scale <laughs> and then the themed sex outfits. and there's a picture of andy richter it's, <laughs> it's not the about th- what you think it's about the themed sex outfit section is called <laughs> wicked and it features... Uh, it's based on the Ice Cube song, right? Yes. That's what it's about. That's what they're It's referencing. based on the musical, Wicked. <laughs> um, it features not just a velvet, reversible, black to red, little red riding hood cape. Uh, it also Wait, features... Wait, a reversible cape? Yes. It is reversible. Okay. It's two capes in one. you know, you've got your standard black is on one side, I'm assuming, and then probably like a striking red in case you want to be bold and make a statement. Is that what... Is yeah, well, I, I, well, I'll tell you. <laughs> Rouge et noir. Rouge, yes. A formal cape fit for a count. Or countess. <laughs> created with an accent... I'm going to guess countess. Created with an accent on the sumptuous. 
Our deluxe, fully hooded, reversible evening cape falls in a lush, double-thick cascade of plush velvet fitted with slit arm openings and a reversible black-red velvet-covered button at the neck. Generously cut for graceful drape. (laughs) Even Even over goddesses, it makes a fiery statement. Worn red side out or black side out. It is it is a significant statement. No matter what side out sure, so your hooded velvet cape is, maybe go that back. you're wearing, possibly in a public place. Also, fatties, cape not flattering. Somebody should say it. This is a. They literally have a sterling silver matching ring and necklace set of teeth. With vampire fangs. Ugh. I don't get the vampire shit. White people. <laughs> the guy's hey, dead. Like, what I is will it? not have you generalizing this to my race. I will not have Come you. On. Come on. I will not accept. I will not accept on behalf of my people responsibility, sole responsibility for vampires. I'm just saying, Tyler Perry doesn't exist because of white people, and Twilight does not exist because of black people. Okay, that's, that's not us. Fair. It pays to brush often, as these nibbly little pieces attest, cast in serving sterling silver to make a lasting impression. This is so bad. This is unreal. This is real. Is that like a serving winch outfit that you just turned past? Everything in here is that. <laughs> this, it's just Celtic knots. It's just pure insanity. This entire thing. It's ridiculous. It's pretty ridiculous. This came to my door. Anyway. You're in some list. <laughs> some list. I want to know what you... Pirate get. sex play enthusiasts oh, this, oh, this list. This cape is so hot. Here's the thing. If you're, a, if you're like a 20-year... In your 20s or 30s and you're a woman and you listen to Maximum Fun Podcast and you're, you're like, I should do something sort of sexy and cool and fun and spice up my... Thing with my dude like ironically if you just purchased some of this stuff and like had a push-up bra on or if you wore the cape and didn't have like anything underneath but underwear and he was like what the fuck are you wearing and then you took the stupid cape off and you lit you, you like, lit you lit some incense right put it into your dragon or maybe if you wore the sweet surrender here what's that it's a it's just like a jacket Tempering its dramatic flair, exquisite scalloped lace trims the edge, edges of my lady's open cardigan-style jacket. You know who this actually... There are some items in this that would work well for Apollonia or possibly <laughs> Sheila E. <laughs> That's basically a... Oh, listen. If I or see... Or my, or my high school American history teacher. That's she's the in, two people... I've never seen her, but she's in some really good company, Jack. Like, she must be something special. Let's just say that she does, she's not playing the same game as <laughs> Apollonia or Vanity. She's in a different league. Yeah, she's, she's, she's in a different... Apollonia wearing the sweet surrender here would be pretty, pretty spectacular. My high school, my high school American history teacher would probably wear one of these things and then uh, accessorize it with an FDR pin. <laughs> FDR for president. That's kind of hot. Maybe just the FDR <laughs> pin. This catalog is so... There's another cape, too. It's amazing. It came to my door. Um, uh, my home where someone, I live. Someone p- must have paid at least 50 cents to send this to me, right? Like at least 50 cents. So the, the company that makes this catalog, what does it cost for them to send out one catalog? 
50? It's got to be 50 cents because you got to pay postage and you got to print it, right? Right, right. Plus, you got photography costs. But you Plus, you got a, you got a, they, they got a whole team of copywriters <laughs> rating that golden photography costs. So you get a digital camera <laughs> and an intern. Check this owl T-shirt. Think of how cool. much money they spent just on branding to come up with the name, the Pyramid Collection. Somebody had you had to pay a uh, WGA uh, you know writer to come up with all this uh, imagery that they got here. Going that is, like, they're purely union. They're using the entertainment all unions. Union shop. Guillermo del Toro wrote all of this. This is what the strike was about. With Frankly, the, the residuals on this uh, pyramid. As visually inventive as Del Toro is, he could his copywriting could use a little bit of help. This is scarier that that is in anything that's ever been in any of his movies. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go, I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Sitting in the sumptuous Nick Repeat Adams. Nick, a favorite past guest, filling in for Jordan this week. Hey, guess what? We got lots of stuff up on the Jumbotron this week, Nick Adams. Uh, first of all, from our friend Matt at MetafilterFuelLead.com. Somebody just asked me on the forum how to spell FuelLead.com, F-U-E-L-L-Y. It's like cute. This is a website that you go to if you are a gas mileage enthusiast. <laughs> if you are interested in cataloging your gas mileage. You go, you register your car on fuelly.com, they make it easy, and then every time you fill up your gas tank, you like take note of your odometer or whatever and type it into fuelly.com on your phone or what have you. And then it gives you like special detailed readouts of what kind of gas mileage you're getting so that you can inspire yourself to save money and get better gas mileage and save the earth and so forth. Okay. I went on to uh, fuelly... (laughs) I have no... I went on to Fuelly.com today, and the number one vehicle on uh, Fuelly.com, the most registered vehicle, there's several thousand of them, as I recall, uh, is the Volkswagen Jetta. So I think that gives you an idea of the demographics for Fuelly.com at the moment. What are you saying about Jetta drivers? Nothing. I have nothing. Nothing. No. They enjoy hanging out with their pals and listening to cool tunes and doing synchronized (laughs) dances. Some sweet tracks. Um, Anyway, it's all at at Fuelly.com. Um, hey, and how about this one? Uh, well, this is a great one. This one's straight off the Jumbotron from our friend Ben Harrison, the videographer of Max FunCon and MaximumFun.org. Um, he has this project called Hella Bitter. This is a line of cocktail bitters. There are currently three different bitters in the line uh, that are inspired by his Bay Area heritage. Clearly. Uh, ben is from Oakland, California, and uh, it, that's why they're called Hella Bitter. And they feature uh, Ben doing a fizz face on the label. Wait, wait. What's a face? What? A fizz face. Oh, uh, I feel like that's something I'm supposed to know about. Nick, you should know what a fizz face is. John, Why, do a fizz face for Nick. Oh, so like a mean, mean mug? No, or? it's not like a mean mug. It's, it's supposed oh, to... Oh, like be, a sour... It's like, the, it's like the face that you make if you just uh, smelled a fart or, um, or just put some chewable ecstasy into your mouth because well, it tastes really good. then you lost gross. me. You had me and then you lost me. Fart, I knew. Chewable ecstasy. Yeah, that's... I'm almost 40. I don't know anything about chewable Yeah, ecstasy. well, you know, you got you to gotta get involved in that Mac Dre situation. Anyway, he's making a fizz face. Here's the deal with the, with the Hella Bitter. Uh, he sent us some... And it is fucking great. But then you got to make a whole fancy cocktail. No, you don't. Here's the thing. You can enjoy bitters and soda. That's what I've been enjoying. That's just a dash of bitters in in club soda, and it makes it aromatic and flavorful. 
um, without being alcoholic or anything like that. In fact, bitters, I learned from uh, Nick, are, uh, are actually considered a condiment, uh, legally speaking, so you don't even have to have like a liquor license to sell them. What's in it? It's liquor. But I mean, it's... Really? A, yeah, well, it's, it's, they, you take stuff and macerate it in liquor and steep the liquor in okay. it so the liquor gets the flavors really intensely. Right. And then that way, that's why you only need a dash to and then what do you do flavor with it? You to... Crystallize it or whatever? I don't know. I'm not a. Sh- I'm not a chef. You just said macerate. I'm, I, I did say macerate. You would be able to finish the That's true. I did say macerate. <laughs> anyway, here's the deal. Um, uh, ben Harrison's has this great line of bitters, which I have been enjoying. I've been enjoying his citrus bitters in Dr Pepper's, which is actually a with, really with wonderful. With the Beats by Dre. Oh. <laughs> and if you go to hella-bitter.com they are starting a kickstarter they funded this whole project through kickstarter now they've got it in stores and bars in, nice. in brooklyn where they're based well then they're made if it's in fucking brooklyn it's gonna happen and it's- what what they're they've just started a second kickstarter and it's to achieve their dream which is to have a bitters and soda cart so all summer in brooklyn they'll be they'll be humping it around williamsburg or whatever uh, selling glasses of bitters and soda, which is a fantastically refreshing beverage. So, anyway. I like it. I like it. If can you want to check a, it out. Can you get a liquor license to do, a, like, a truck? Is that possible? I just You don't need a liquor license. That's the thing. No, but I'm saying you take it to the next level. With oh, the so you're talking about a cocktail truck. I'm a kind of a drinker. That so. seems unlikely to me. Why? But if you brought a cocktail to them, they'd give you a dash of bitters. Yeah, okay. So... In Williamsburg this summer, walk around with an open container. Yeah, and in the meantime, hella-bitter.com. Um, we also have a job, uh, a job listing. I wow. like this job listing. Tough times. Yeah. People are going on to uh, Max Fun Podcast looking for gigs. You got to broaden your search. Yeah, this is uh, Willie Vander Hayden. Um, Made up. This is phony. This whole thing's a goof. He's Vander Hayden. Yeah, Vander Come Hayden. On, kids. Vander Hayden. He's moving to San Diego in October with his wife. I think it's one of these situations where his wife has got a new job in San Diego and gotcha. he doesn't have one yet. Um, he is a PhD. It's actually Doctor oh. William Vander Hayden. Uh, his PhD is in neuroscience, and he studies the genetic and anatomical regulation of sleep in the fruit fly. And he's coming to you to help get a job. So this is what he's looking for. Either. Number one, a postdoc job in academia, which I think is reasonable. We've Sounds got, like he's qualified for that. Or two, a job doing research in industry. Or so, three, a hip record store downtown. Those are the two things that he's looking for, Willie Vander Hayden. And uh, it, all you have to do is go to sciencewilly.blogspot.com if minute. you want to get in wait touch with him. Wait a minute. Sciencewilly.blogspot.com. And then have a website called sciencewilly.blogspot.com. <laughs> Uh, that way you can hire him, who, by the way, he has been struck by lightning. So, you know... I love this guy already, man. You know he's good. I also want to issue a correction on last week's program, or excuse me, two weeks ago, uh, we ran a, uh, uh, we ran a, a promotion for uh, Alan Home, and I read his slogan as, There's no I in Home, which I thought was an odd but distinctive slogan. Sure. I liked it because uh, I liked it because it showed his team spirit, right. and he was looking for a gig at the time. It's not about me, it's actually he was just trying to clarify how to spell his name. It was there's no L in Holm, as in it's not spelled like Sherlock Holmes is spelled. <laughs> so it's H O M E. So our apologies to Alan Holm. If you want to have a message, maybe on- he should stick with yours. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Mine is good. It's catchy, and that was free to you, Alan. Free to you. <laughs> 
Okay, uh, if you want, uh, if you want to have a message on a future Jordan Jesse Go podcast or any of our Max Fun podcasts, just go to maximumfun.org/jumbotron. It is very cheap. 100 bucks for a personal message, 200 bucks for a business message, wish somebody happy birthday, uh, plug your Kickstarter, get a job, what have you. Maximumfun.org slash Jumbotron. And if you want any of these links, you can always find them in the forum in the episode sponsors uh, post there, right in the show section. So if you ever didn't get to write down a URL or whatever, you can find it right there. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Nick, repeat Adams. Nick Adams filling in for Jordan this week. Nick, you've been on this program before. You know how momentous occasions works. I do, I do. You know how it works? Fucking tremendously. That's how it works. Let's go to the tape. Let's do it. Uh, Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go. I just had a momentous occasion. Uh, First, I saw my real live pair of breasts, and then... I learned how to drive a boat. So I'm basically living the American dream. Okay, see you later. He probably meant to say his first real life pair of breasts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, or he's a Maybe, very special young man. And he's been wearing an undershirt for he, the past 20 years. And he just decided to let him out. Yeah. <laughs> It really that was that was really hindered by him misspeaking very slightly yeah. and uh, just a little bit of difficulty hearing on the call because what what should have been a great a great really strong to the hoop call which is I just saw my first real life pair of breasts and I learned to drive a boat uh, I'm living the American dream goodbye that's that's great that's tight that's solid right. in my head I heard I just saw my own breasts and learned to drive a boner. Also, Goodbye. even if you hear it right, learn to drive a boat, whatever, it's, you know, like, don't include that with the first time you saw a pair of, of breasts. It's sort well, of if like he saw them, it. what if he saw them on the boat, though? Well, that, but that's a whole, you know. Boat boobs is a special kind of boobs, I he think. You should have led with that. Like, I was on a boat, and then I, you know, come it, on, guy. That's sort of the subtext of every hip-hop video recorded Pretty between much. 1998 and 2003. I also don't think he was excited enough for someone who just saw titties for the first time. Like, I would have been really, really fired up. Well, maybe he wore... I mean, he also sounded like he could have been 25 years old. So he may have just... He may have just... He may just go through peaks and valleys in terms of his level of fired upness. And it just happened to hit him during a valley. And he's just like, oh, God. Maybe he lives in the city and he was just cruising along and saw a homeless woman changing her top at a corner. So it was like, well, I did see... Yeah. And it was a really sweet boat that he learned to drive. (laughs) That's the other part that we're... Yeah, it was so a the really boat, amazing boat. The boobs, yeah. kind of, sort of, yeah. Hey, everyone. Um, I hope this is the right line. Um, this is Adam Slater. I'm calling in with a momentous occasion. Um, for about eight years, I was a, uh, pretty much since my first job, I was a smoker. And uh, just a little while ago, I hit um, 72 hours um, without a cigarette. And um, I know it doesn't sound like a whole lot, but from what I understand, the uh, the first three days are the hardest. And uh, so I've cleared the hump. So I think that that is, uh, at least to me, it is uh, uh, it's very momentous. So Not only has he cleared the hump, he's also cleared a hump now. 
Nobody's going to be like, uh, gross. You smell like cigarettes. Right, right, yeah. He's true. been, it's like his, the landing strip has been opened up to him. Yeah, and he can just start doing like heroin now or something, you know. Yeah, he's got something, some free time. well, something that has benefits. Yeah. Not just downsides. Just cancer and, and, and lung disease. Just and just gross smelliness. Awful. Have you noticed, I, I. Good I, for you. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, man. As a, as a, now a, like a fashion blogger. Right. I've just noticed the because because your fashion blog photographers tend to take their pictures in natural light. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all pictures of people who just went outside for a smoke, and so every photograph of every person in a men's style blog is them smoking a cigarette. Right, and it always just looks smelly to me. That's what it looks like. It looks like like when I look at it, I just think, ugh. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, some people are worse than others, but it's pretty amazing. How strong that stuff can be. It's nasty. Pretty nasty. People, it's amazing to me. Like, it's not amazing to me when somebody's, you know, like 10 feet away and they're smoking. You're like, oh, that smells bad. It's amazing to me when somebody like, uh, when somebody enters the room and brings smoke stankiness with them, even though they're not smoking. That's oh. pretty That's reason enough for me to not do it. Man. It is amazing. I am so, I feel so honored to live in this world. Oh. I feel so honored to live in the world where we've just made all of that illegal in almost any circumstance. You got a little creepy just now, Jason. I feel so happy. <laughs> it's so fucking... Like, if I think back to just the volume of smoking that was going on in the world when I was a seven-year-old yeah, yeah. compared to now as a 30-year-old. And I look, if you want to smoke, I'm not going to stop you from right. doing it. I'm not going to say you can't do that. But it's really foul, and I'm really happy that it doesn't happen around me. I lived here before it was banned in bars and restaurants, and it's, it's without question, much, much better. And you're a stand-up comic. You were a stand-up comic before it was yeah, banned in bars. And it's, I can't imagine a worse thing than to have to go on stage yeah. and talk for half an hour straight in a fucking nasty, smoky room. It's awful. And I grew up, I mean, I grew up in, in North Carolina, and all of my, my, my mother and my father and my aunts and uncles and my grandma, they all smoked like crazy. And, you know, I don't know how I lived like that, but now, I mean, as an adult, I, it's disgusting to me to be in a room full of cigarette smoke, and you shouldn't be, you shouldn't have to do that unless you're, sm- you know, you're a smoker. It's, I remember when my parents quit smoking and, like, what a huge change it was in my life. As each of my, my parents were divorced, so... When each of them quit smoking, like the like vistas that opened up before me, yeah, I, I was like, oh, everything in the world doesn't stink anymore. Yeah. And when you like crazy freaked out that they were going to get cancer and die, like I, that's what happened to me when I went to school. They were they they were actually freaked, freaked out, out about that. I think they, I think uh, uh, both of my parents did it as a kind of like I got to do this for my kid right. slash kids. Um, you know, my, my, when my dad quit, my brother was a, was like a toddler. Um, but I remember it was, it was pretty brutal. I mean, for, especially for my dad, I don't remember it as well for my mom, but especially for my dad, the combination of, uh, quitting a long time smoking habit and uh, post-traumatic stress disorder is a very powerful one. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was not a fun house to be in for about two months. Uh, but it was totally worth it. It was a thousand percent. John's giving me a, huh? Like, yeah, it was, it, there was a lot of downsides to the house just overall, but, <laughs> um, okay, let's go to the next call. Hey, Jordan, Jessica, this is Beth calling from Missouri and I just had a momentous occasion. I was driving home from my parents' house and I happened to glance to my left on my drive and saw a live camel walking around a cemetery. 
Um, so, yeah, that's what happened. And I love your show. Have a great day. Oh, I love you, too. That's pretty great. You win. You win. <laughs> I don't even have a criticism of that. It's the perfect uh, brief anecdote. Camels oh. are huge and scary, too. Like, when you see a camel... They're hella mean and violent potential. I don't know if you've ever seen a camel, like, in real life. Yeah. They're f- huge and kind of scary. Yeah, and they got those big-ass teeth yeah. that they're, like, getting they, up in your face. They look like they, they're, about to, they're about to step your face in. Yeah, they could do some serious damage. And then she saw one just in the cemetery, which is just inherently creepy. Anything you, in the cemetery. You know, when I created Momentous Occasions, lo, those many years ago... It was in the hopes that people would have magical things like that happen to them. Maybe this is it. Maybe maybe after this. Do you think he was robbing graves? (laughs) Do you think he was preparing for a role in Hamlet? There's no sort of like, like, you know how people will will grow ostriches? You don't do that with... No, not at all. There's no meat. There's no meat that you get (laughs) from... Yeah, I don't think... there's no farms. There's no camel they, farms. They, they're just, they're, they just make cigarettes, right? Yeah. They just, there's a factory, and you go in, there's a bunch of camels working three shifts. It would have been really intense if it had been Joe Camel <laughs> walking around in that cemetery. That would have been a powerful piece of contemporary just, art. I'm sort of confused. I, don't, I want to know more. I want to know But that's what, we just got to leave it there. It's like a short, short story. It's a, it's a, a fucking cone. It's a little whisk. It's a cone, my friend. K-O-A-N. That, that it is a it is it is a it is a little idea that is designed for you uh, to have something for your brain to turn around and turn around until you uh, achieve enlightenment. And it's like an episode of Entourage, kind of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll that's, how I feel, that's how I feel. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second. I'm Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Nick Repeat Adams, sitting in for Jordan Morris. Well, that was a fun. That was a great time. I have had a ball. Yeah, thank, also I'm a little. Thank God Jordan wasn't here, huh? Yeah, that guy. Get Fuck out of here. that guy. Showbiz. Have fun doing your show business stuff. Success, making well, money. Guy. We'll be here talking about a lady catalog. Swear the wheel. Having the a real having are. a good old time. You and your movies. <laughs> Nick, you're you're on you people. You can be found on on tweeters at at twitter dot com slash. <laughs> I tweet to twats and at Nick Adams. Nick Adams Web. Nick Adams Web is yes. that your Twitter? Yes, yeah, my Twitter. Okay, Nick Adams Web. That's also your website. Nick Adams Web. If you go com. looking for Nick Adams, you'll generally find a gay theater actor in New York or some guy who's a photographer. <laughs> Nick, I have to tell you this before we go. We did we did this series of benefit stand up shows for a downtown children's art center that my wife was on the board of. Mm-hmm. And we wanted it to be this. We wanted to book amazing stand-up comics, have, <laughs> them put, have them put on an amazing show, and have this center have a way to have a regular show that they could bring their people to, charge money for tickets. They'd bring in a great warm house mm-hmm. and make a bunch of money for the kids' art programs. And we would have a nice warm house for us to record our show in. Um, and we don't have to rent it or sell the tickets ourselves or anything like that. It's just call? a nice charitable engagement. You know, it was a nice thing. And we're, win, booking, win. and we're booking great comics. You know, we got three. We're, we're basically bringing in three headliners at least on each one of these shows. You know, like, I don't know, Greg Proops and Dana Gould. Like all these great people. Maria sure. Bamford. And Heavy hitters. Number one, not only had they not heard of any comic that we ever booked and thus never made any effort to promote our shows. Wow. Not only that, but the one time 
they got really, really excited about one of our bookings was when they looked at our lineup, saw Nick Adams on it, and thought that it was hunky Broadway actor Nick Adams. (laughs) Maybe make a call. Get that guy out here. Write him some bits. He's got a few too many. I I Googled him. He's got a few too many muscles uh, to be a stand-up comedian. A lot of shirtless photos of that dude online. That guy is a a gay sexual icon. Well, wait. So why were they excited about that guy? I mean... Because they were gay. And they wanted to... They they didn't know... They don't care about comedy. They don't want to see laughter. But there's hot gay guys all over this town. This town's lousy with hot gay guys. But he's this guy is a, lousy with him. This I is say. a hot gay guy in the arts. In the arts. Well, um, this is guy is all singing, all dancing. Right, because there's no gay men in the arts in Los Angeles. <laughs> I kind of hate this place now. We were bringing this guy in from for show from from show business. We have to recruit gay showbiz type <laughs> from New York and Los Angeles. You don't have enough of them. Anyway, I felt bad. I never told you about that because I didn't want you to feel like you were the second best Nick Adams. No, look, you go to register your domain name. You find out very quickly that you're not the That's top of the line. sexy Broadway hunk. Hey, he is a sexy dude. I got to hand it to him. He's this a is a good fit, looking man. He's a very fit uh, guy. I don't know the photographer who has NickAdams.com. I don't know what his ab situation is. Right. But I don't. it's probably not nearly as much as this guy. Anyway, Nick, I sure, I sure appreciate you filling in for uh, our friend Jordan Morris this week. Always a guess. Um, you can, of course, discuss this show on our forum at forum.maximumfun.org you can hashtag it up on twitter hashtag jj go so hip does it matter if it's caps or throw or, up the pound sign then does type it matter in jj go because i did it and i was like it should it be well the thing is is we the important part is that you get that hashtag in there because if you don't put in that pound sign <laughs> you just put an ampersand and then you type and somebody searches for jj go you're gonna get the uh the german language tweets of a short-haired middle-aged woman who registered twitter.com slash JJ Go. All right. Um, what about an ampersand? If I do ampersand JJ Go, does anything happen? No, I say, I say give it a shot. I'm going to start a new thing. Throw in an intero bang. <laughs> you got an intero bang button on your keyboard? Throw it in there. See what the fuck happens. Ampersand tag JJ Go. That's the new... Uh, <laughs> Hashtag JJ Go on there. Thank you to everyone who has reviewed the show in iTunes lately. We've gotten hundreds upon hundreds, and it is so great for you to do that. Any Maximum Fun show that you listen to, and no other shows, do go into iTunes and take a second to review the shows because it makes a big difference in uh, our page ranking, and we really appreciate it. And it you know shows the show well to people. Tell people about the fucking show because you know how else are we going to grow? And the word, folks. thank you so much to everyone who's already done that. If you want to get on the jumbotron, it's maximumfun.org/jumbotron. Or if you want to advertise on the show, uh, email Teresa at Teresa at maximumfun.org. We'll be back next week right here. Oh, our theme music, "Love You" by the Free Design. From Kites Are Fun, the best of the free design on Light in the Attic Records, courtesy of the free design and Light in the Attic Records. We'll talk to you next time, right here on Jordan Jesse Go. So long, gang.